Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sat, managing editor, Fightful.com. First ever live post show, period, from Toronto. First ever review show with Jimmy Van. It's true. Jimmy, are you excited? I'm so excited. It's, I uh, am. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. We're at my office yeah. right now. This is this is called dedication. Sean. It is dedication that I actually I I sat by myself. You tried to get out of no, it. No, I'm here. I did it. <laughs> I sat by myself at the office watching NXT Takeover tonight. I wrote down notes from all the matches, so I'm ready to go, man. That's sad. Is that you saying that tomorrow you have like an open invite for people to come to the studio and watch wrestling? It's not what I'm saying. Not oh, okay. not not what I'm saying. With, with beer and pizza on you. Uh, security risk. Okay, okay, sure. Could fair. be liability. So I was at the I was at the venue live. I decided yes. late this week. WWE, who uh, I got to say, you know, I criticize them often for how they relate with media. They've been nothing but accommodating this week. They've yep. been awesome. We have twenty two interviews in the can that we're going to be releasing uh, throughout. Uh, who knows how long? And not just WWE, Ring of Honor, uh, Impact Wrestling. All kinds of stuff. We had people in studio. Yeah. We had people at Polson Pier. We had people at Maple Leaf Gardens yeah. all over the place. Um, some of those, like I said, different companies. But uh, shout-outs to WWE. They treated us well. They have not and will not co-opt me, Jimmy. <laughs> but I was there live at NXT TakeOver. Was able to get a taxi. Here I am. So I've got the live point of view. Yep. You've got the broadcast point of view, and I'm excited about this. You met Jimmy Corderas today? I did. I met. I ran into Jimmy Corderas. That yeah. was awesome. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. And one of the guys that you interviewed was an extra today. Uh, yeah, uh, Sebastian Suave. He was the he's the founder of Smash Wrestling. We had him in studio, and it's a really good interview. Like that's not. I know it's not a name that a lot of you uh, like maybe look at and say, "Oh, gotta watch that interview," but you do. Because he is uh, the founder of one of the more popular independent wrestling companies, uh, period, especially in Canada. And, you know, I, I'd go into it with him about what does a, a performance center in Canada mean to smash wrestling? Mm-hmm. What would that mean? Mm-hmm. What does the likes of NWA being on TV, MLW, AEW, Impact, all these companies that are on TV, mm-hmm. what does that do for an independent wrestling company? And we go in depth on that. He was in the Riddle segment tonight, which we'll talk about later. Awesome. I wanted to ask you also, uh, how did the arena look? Because on the secondary market, 
Tickets were going for as low as seven bucks for this show tonight. It was full with the exception. Uh, actually, I moved right down. There was a guy being super obnoxious, so we kind of moved a little bit next to the hard camera. An obnoxious Canadian. Well, I don't know that he was Canadian because he sure as hell didn't sound it. But uh, we that was the only area that had any gaps of seats. And I think those were camera kills anyway. Okay. Because there was nobody there until people just kind of started floating over there to to do the same and right. have easier access out. Otherwise, it looked full. The, the arena is not lit during matches. They completely darken it out mm-hmm. with the exception of when somebody goes into the crowd. But, yeah, it, it looked like a really good crowd, so apparently those tickets moved. Awesome. Great, man. Well, let's get into it. Let's let's start with the pre-show because you couldn't see the pre-show. Obviously, you were there live, so I just want to make a couple points about that. It was Charlie Caruso with uh, Sam Roberts and Pat McAfee. And uh, Charlie Caruso, you know, when she started with WWE, I actually thought that she was too polished yeah. for WWE. Now I am com- I've completely changed my mind on Charlie Caruso. She's really grown on me. She is so professional. Uh, and I thought she fit in very well as the host of the pre-show. I don't know if she's done them before because I never, oh, well, I never get the chance to watch the she pre-shows. She hosts ESPN First Take now. I knew she that's does ESPN. A, yeah. That's a big gig. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's grown into that role, and she does really well. I thought she was really, really good. Now, we talked off the air about Sam Roberts. Yeah. Sam Roberts irritates me. I know it's a character. Uh, I was telling Sean, I've seen his regular interviews that he does on his radio show, and I know that in real life he's a, he's a good guy. I despise the Sam Roberts WWE character yeah. because I don't see the payoff. You are a pre-show panelist. What is the payoff to being an asshole when you're a pre-show panelist? He was going at Pat McAfee. He was taking shots at him. Okay. Uh, and I was watching that thinking, what the hell is the payoff when you're a pre-show panelist? So I don't like it. I also think it's a conflict of interest that he works for the company, but he's also a journalist like interviewing the talent. Well, you know? see, I, I don't know. I Granted, I don't follow a lot of Sam's work. I listen to his interviews. He's right. not out there doing a lot of articles and breaking a lot of news in that regard. He's just interviewing people. Right. I think that's kind of what kept me from access earlier mm. was the fact that I am breaking news and I'm writing articles. And, hey, that that's not Sam's job. Sam's mm-hmm. job is something completely different. And you talk about a payoff. I'll tell you where there is a payoff. When you donate a super chat on our live chat and we read your question or comment live on the air. But you know what, Jimmy? There's also a payoff when you take Blue Chew and you get an erect penis. Can you believe that people are just walking around out there, flip-flop, 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 flop, 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 can't even... Can't even conjure one up, man. You know what's great about this whole thing right now? What? What's great about this whole thing right now is that Sean's wife is here off-camera for this podcast as he's doing a Blue Chew How segue. about this? How about this? Off camera. Kara, does Blue Chew work? Absolutely. Goddamn right it does. Blue Chew, code <laughs> fightful. You don't have to have a problem to take Blue Chew. Maybe you want to be like Mark McGuire in 1998, just swinging that thing around, knocking him out of the park. Don't settle for a single. Don't Don't stop that. Round second. Go into third, and when the third base coach is like, hold up, hold up, you say, piss off, mate. I'm going home, and I'm taking the plate with me. It brings you the ch- – damn, I'm flustered. <laughs> it brings you the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's chewable, so it gets in your system faster. And how about this? Free, so it's cheaper when you use that code FIFA. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. It ships straight to your door. No, like, big box with, hey, what's up? It's Blue Chew on it. No, it's discreet. You don't have to sit on, uh, sit around in a line at a doctor's office. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. Check it out. Blue Chew, code Fightful. Let them know you heard about them from us, at Blue Chew on Twitter. You don't have to be McGuire, even. Maybe you want to be Sosa. Bonds. I don't know. Go for it. Have Blue you seen Chew. Sosa lately? I don't know if you want to be Sosa now. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's some creepy shit. Isn't it, it? He doesn't look right. It's it's creepy. it doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. I watched his documentary. Oh, really? I haven't it was, seen it. It was it was wacky. Uh-huh. Hey, we got wrestling to talk about. Yes. Go ahead. Go you ahead. Gonna do it? Oh, so okay. So on the pre-show, you all didn't see this. And yep. spoiler alert, guys. Fandango came back oh. in ring. 
with Brizongo got a massive pop. Did they have a dark match? They did have a dark match, which will be on TV this week. And it was a tag team match. It was a tag team match against the Forgotten Sons. I won't give any spoilers out in that regard. Okay. You can go there uh, to Fightful.com and find those. But massively over Jimmy, the move to NXT for those two, a great one, especially with the move to FS1. You need some guys with some WWE main roster experience. And that, I think... I don't want to say held a cloud over this show, but mm. there's there's an interesting thing about this show in that after every takeover, people wonder who's going up, who's going up. Mm-hmm. I don't wonder that anymore because they're going to FS1. Mm-hmm. They need to retain star power. Uh, speaking of that, you had Jordan Miles, Cameron Grimes, who were the former ACH, and Trevor Lee. They competed in the finals of the breakout tournament. That was a very good match as well. Really? That was yeah. also tonight? Yep. Oh, ahead very of, interesting. Ahead of everything, yeah. Very interesting. All right, do you want to, since this isn't the list on your boy, you can, you can carry okay, it. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Street Profits, Undisputed Era, Undisputed Era, like, every NXT TakeOver is a home game for them. And that is just, that's unique. Like, if this would have been just like a run-of-the-mill TV taping, I don't know if there is over. Mm-hmm. But it's like TakeOver is like a special thing for them. Yes. And Street Profits, my God. The chemistry between these two teams. This is why I love tag team wrestling. And I thought this was going to be hard to beat tonight. And then when I look at it, it's probably the third best match of the night. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was badass, man. Montez Ford has it. Angelo Dawkins has it. And a lot of people don't like they don't see that because Montez Ford is so much good. Is yes. so good. Yes, he is. But Angelo is very good too, Jimmy. His spear is really good. He's oh got, my he's got a really good God, spear. he planted it's, those it's guys. Like, it's like a football tackle. Yeah. So it's good. So I, I want to say this. So on the live show, the story that they told when this match was, was starting, and they, they were actually telling this story the entire time uh, on the pre-show as well, could Undisputed Era win all the titles? That was the story they were telling. And obviously this was the first one with Fish and O'Reilly. Could they capture the tag team titles? Uh, and then could Roderick Strong capture the North American title? So that was the, the big story that they were telling. A uh, couple of things I want to mention about this. First off, yeah, Street Profits were very over. I think Roy and the Raptors' colors didn't hurt. I loved that. That was definitely intentional. Uh, and I'll tell you this, being a Torontonian myself, all of the Raptors' references started to get annoying. <laughs> uh, although Dreams Thing was great, and we'll get there. Yeah. Dreams Thing was great. But on the on the television broadcast on a couple of occasions, they put Raptors' graphics up on the screen. Oh, they did that. They did it live, too. Okay, okay. And yeah, uh, maybe putting up. Kawhi holding the trophy wasn't a good idea. It's it it just it was too much. There are these awkward Kawhi and Dine stickers that are still all over the city. Yes, yes. But <laughs> yep. uh, Street Profits, they got it. And may, maybe it's maybe it's the fact that Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are two of the best workers in the world. Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favorite period ever to do it. Like mm-hmm. he, he's just amazing. I, I was telling Kara like that's how I've always wanted to wrestle when I worked matches. Wanted to work just like Kyle O'Reilly does. It's it's amazing how crispy he is, and he's still got that sense of charisma. Maybe it's not always there on the mic, but God, he's got that body language. And, he, and don't he forget really the don't it. forget the the history they have as a tag team, oh, Ring yeah. of Honor, New Japan. Yeah, uh, and I actually kind of questioned if they were going to win these now that the three provinces have been called up. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to win. Obviously, when they didn't, and not that I want to move too far ahead, but when they didn't, I figured that was going to be it for mm-hmm. Roderick Strong too. Yeah. Because the Undisputed Era story now was already going to be done in terms of are they going to win all the titles. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was a really good tag team match. To me, again, it was indicative that Montez Ford is the star of that tag team. He's and amazing. I'm not taking anything away from Angelo Dawkins at all, but Montez Ford is a star. Like, that guy is a star. He has got the charisma. He's got the athleticism. He's, a, he's got good size. He's got a good look. That guy is a star, and, uh, and he is going to be a single star oh, at yeah. some point. He's gonna I, be a I see star. in your notes, and, and I agree. Uh, these they're a little bit shorter spots, but where the ref just kind of abandons all rules. Yes, uh, I will say, like you know, I, I there are things that I agree with uh, Simon Gotch on, and things that I don't. Like you know, some of the stuff he said about Dave Meltzer, I think, are out there and ridiculous and dumb. But he had a pretty good point. There is referee's discretion, and and that is a thing. So I, since hearing that, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm going to kind of talk to a few more refs about that, about mm. how they reason with that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that that is something that does bury them a little bit. But I'll tell you this. You don't realize how good WWE refs are until you're there live. Because a lot of times there's no focus on them. Mm-hmm. But them getting out of the way, them making these counts, them adjusting, them checking on people. My God, they are finely tuned. 
It is unbelievable. Uh, that frog splash by Montez Ford Great. was unbelievable. It was. He, they just, they were firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I love this match. I really loved the false finish. There was a false finish where uh, Bobby Fish had the Achilles heel, the, the Achilles yeah, lock, yeah, the, the on, uh, heel hook on yeah. Montez Ford. And Montez Ford is going for the ropes, and he's about to hit the ropes. And Kyle O'Reilly comes off the top rope with a double knee. Yep. And then uh, Fish pulls him back to the center of the ring, gets the lock on again. I thought that was going to be the finish. Yeah. It sure as hell looked like it. Uh, and the Dawkins broke it up by picking up O'Reilly and dumping him on top of uh, Fish. I thought that was a great near fall. There was also a double-team spot by Undisputed Era where uh, they did a DDT onto Ford, followed by a German suplex. Yes. Which... I mean, again, that should probably be a finish in a match. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there, there was a lot of really good stuff to like in this one. I, I did write on here that there was too much four-man stuff where the referee didn't do a count. Yeah. Uh, but, again, and, and, you know, people hate it when I, when I pick on the Young Bucks because I wrote it on this thing. It wasn't a four- or five-minute spot like the Young Bucks will do. It was 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. Um, but the referee still just kind of stood there and watched them. And uh, I guess I'm a bit of a purist, so I'd rather <laughs> that there's some kind of a count. But well, it was it was a great match, and again, Montez Ford to me, that guy's just a star. Like uh, I just I kept looking at him, thinking the guy's a star. Wise of WWE to hand out the red cups for this match. Is that what happened? Oh yeah, all all around the camera that that camera side. Yes, because they showed them, red yeah. cups everywhere. It looked great. Yeah, looked great. You could see it all the way across the arena uh, when when Montez and Angelo go into the crowd. That that's a shtick they've done for, like. Two years ago when I was at Orlando at a taping. Which EC3 they, almost copied on the Drake Maverick wedding, right? Yeah, yeah, almost yeah. unintentionally there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the crowd was cooking for this match. I, I liked that Street Profits won, but Undisputed Era losing this match did make me, like, I, I was like, okay, Roderick Strong probably isn't winning that, that North yes. American title, too. Yes. Because, I mean, that that's always a story they can have is Undisputed Era, will they leave with all the gold? Right. And that wasn't there. Yep. Um, I was very surprised at how much the crowd was into Io Shirai and Candice LeRae because that's a dangerous spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Right after an on-fire opener, mm-hmm. right after two really good dark matches, you got a match with no real stakes, mm-hmm. but you got two awesome performers. Boy, Io Shirai is one hell of a heel. She yep. gets it. She transcends that language barrier with her heel work. And LeRae is a great babyface. Yeah, she is. Uh, and, and what I liked about that match was the story that LeRae, kind of like her husband, takes... Did, did they remind you of that at all on commentary? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't recall. I don't yeah. recall if they did or not. But uh, she took a hell of a beating, and she didn't quit. She didn't tap out. She passed out. So I thought that was a pretty good story that they told, that she can take one hell of a beating. You know? Yeah, and... Uh, Candice LeRae, man, she she's one of those people that that is really versatile. She mm-hmm. can do a lot of different things, and Io Shirai is one of those like almost like a chameleon. Like if she has to she has to work heel, she'll change up her entire style. Mm-hmm. And she was just dastardly. She changed up her ring gear even. Mm-hmm. She changed up a lot of things. Her entrance live at first, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this music. And then by the time she got in the ring, I was like, man, that works for her. That 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 works for her. It goes for her. Uh, the Koji clutch was such a good finish, but that Spanish fly that preceded it, mm-hmm. that was something to behold live. Yeah, and again, Candice LeRae kept kicking out. Spanish fly kick out. Uh, I think there was a moonsault in there. Kick out. Uh, was kicking out of everything until the Koji Clutch made her pass out. It, it told a good story, I think. And I, don't, I don't think she looked weak in losing. The way if that they, they are it. going to constantly reference Johnny Gargano and Candice on TV like I heard they did, you could do a lot worse than making Candice LeRae the female version of Johnny Gargano. Right. Because you believe it. Like, these two people attracted each other because they, they have similar... You know, they called out. her Mrs. Wrestling a few times. Yeah. They and, I like mean, that. she's more than more than able to stand on her own. Right. But, I mean, like I said, you could do a lot worse than that, too. This was a really, really great match. And this is one of... It may have been the first time ever that they had two women's matches on a takeover. But... Uh, for a match that didn't have stakes, too, for them to go out there and retain that crowd and keep them cooking like that was special. Mm-hmm. Speaking of special, we have some super chats. Okay. Aaron Jay's fan says, glad you had fun live. I did. NXT is great. My wife likes NXT live. I, I think she's probably been to more NXT shows with me than WWE shows at this point. Really? Always jumps to that opportunity. Interesting. Rob Wilkins says, SRS, get to see Chris Harrington, obnoxious Canadian. Must be a Montreal Canadiens fan, eh, Jimmy? See Rusev. Yes, I have a man crush. No, I didn't see Rusev. I met Chris Harrington, who is a Fightful alumni and AEW exec at uh, an OWE show this week. So I did meet him. IG The King says, Jimmy should go to Raw Review 
close to 200 subs. I assume you mean that for your own channel, my dude. Uh, Michael Morgan says, any truth to Ke Vince and Kevin Dunn running NXT on FS1? God, no I way. hope not. No way. No, 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 no. No way. That would be a goddamn tragedy. Yeah, no, no, no. That's Hunter's thing. Vince is not going to touch that. Oh, my There's no God. Way. And not only that, but the XFL's kicking in next spring. He doesn't have time. To add another show on top of everything else. Oh boy, no I was way. I was telling you off the air. Like the thing is, I oftentimes I'll catch up on NXT or I'll binge watch NXT. Mm -hmm. It's not like appointment viewing for me because I got a lot of stuff in the middle of the week. We're finishing our show up yep. right before that goes on the air. And with AEW going live, I've got two extra hours anyway. And if NXT is on FS1, I like it's on broadcast TV. It's on national TV. I got to watch it, and I got to watch it in a timely manner, even if I don't personally review it. How do you think this affects the the must-watch nature of NXT? Do you think that transforms it at all? Uh, no. I think that AEW is going to be appointment viewing more than NXT. I think that wrestling fans look at AEW as competition for WWE, mm -hmm. not for NXT. Uh, I still think people are going to watch NXT. Fans yeah. are going to watch NXT. But I think that AEW will be the live appointment viewing. It's also on a stronger channel. I think it's a very smart thing for WWE to do. To do sure, too. for but sure. For, for a couple reasons. One, as it's been said, Vince didn't kind of see WCW creeping up. AEW's not creeping up. Mm -hmm. They're they're coming in with a boom, and their WWE is counter programming them, but they are kind of like they're like, okay, our developmental territory will counter program you, not anything else. But I don't know if that's by design. I'm sure if they had their way, they'd just be like, yeah, we'll throw SmackDown on there. But they don't have that luxury. No, no. They can't do that. No, I think they just looked at it like, Let, let's just kind of do what we can, just kind of be like a buzzing fly. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. It's almost like when they put Evolve against uh, the one AEW show at the same time on the same night. Yeah. They're just being a buzzing fly, just trying to... Yeah, you know I like I mean? that analogy. They're, yeah. they're being a mosquito right yeah, now. Yeah, that's what it is. Super Chat from Hannah Moore says, Shout out to Kara, the new star of the show. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so we got Matt Riddle on this show. You know what's interesting? When I was looking at this lineup tonight, and this is no disrespect to anybody that was on the card, but when I was looking at this lineup, I thought it was a little lacking. I thought it was a little lacking, and uh, so I was glad that Matt Riddle showed up. And you were talking earlier about how Tyler Breeze and Fandango, how they're you know coming back to NXT has been good for them. Killian Dane coming back to NXT has been great for him too. It's been phenomenal for yeah, him. Yeah, uh, I hate that you know he can't travel with his wife that much, but I saw her walking into the venue a little oh, right, okay. as we did today, so that was kind of cool. That's cool. She checked it out. That's good. I loved this. Uh, as I mentioned, Sebastian Suave, founder of Smash Wrestling, helped break up this brawl. We got an interview on Fightful coming eventually. Uh, that was that was really cool. Had him in studio here. Mm -hmm. uh, the people, I gotta say, wrestlers were interested by the studio. They liked it. Yeah, but like there was like Allison K playing with my fake head. Awesome. Uh, RJ City asking for a Stella Artois. Oh my God, is that the one I'm drinking? The one that he rubbed it all might over be. himself? He rubbed it all over himself. Oh, RJ shit. City is maybe my best interview ever, and I don't know if we talked about that. That might wrestling. be the one I'm drinking. But I thought Matt Riddle was phenomenal in this. this and barefoot. Role. And barefoot. Yep. Did you watch? Okay, so I'm skipping ahead a little bit here. Do you think that was him and Mia Yim's entrance? Did you catch that? No. I think he was at the front of Mia Yim's entrance. I missed it. And uh, I, have, I haven't heard back from him. I did ask him. But yeah. Uh, I th I'm I think it was Matt at the front, like dressed up for me. Really? Yeah, I think. Okay, I, I can't I, say that for sure. Yeah, so, I didn't but pay it enough attention. A lot like him. You know what else I liked about that segment was when Killian Dean did the spot uh, off the stage for the table. He took a security guard with him. Ooh, yeah. And I loved it because it made it look so impromptu that that happened. Yeah, I've never seen that. The thing that I liked about this brawl is it. it could and should have ended several times. Right. And by should, I don't mean like from a quality standpoint. I right. mean like from a security breaking it up standpoint. But you have one of the baddest dudes in pro wrestling. Right. And then you have one of the biggest, meanest, nastiest dudes in pro wrestling. Right. And they want to fight each other real bad. And I love that. Like, right. neither man is acting as a coward. Neither man is being the, oh, I'm selling, I'm getting beat down so bad type of thing. Mm -hmm. They're just two guys that want to fight and will do anything they can to go at it. I think the old uh, Peter Griffin versus the chicken angle can work. Like, I mean, I would love it if at the tapings next week, yeah. these two just brawl out during the middle of a match. Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Harley Race. Did they do that? <laughs> yeah, a few okay. times. Yeah. Uh, I would love that. I would love to see that. And that's so far removed. Like, I didn't even know that. Yeah. So they, they could do that. 
Matt landing that head kick. Yes. Woo. I still can't believe he did the whole damn thing barefoot. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I can. He met Triple H barefoot, so I completely that's believe That's very it. true. That's uh, very that true. That spot through the table. Uh, I love that spot. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Triple threat match. This, for me, was my favorite match of the night. Me too. First, I want to give a shout-out to Daryl Sharma. The uh, referee of that match was Daryl Sharma. Uh, uh-huh. he, he is from Toronto, and when he was a wrestler by the name of the Brown Hornet, I was <laughs> I was one of the first promoters that ever booked him. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, was, I, I might have mentioned this to you. I haven't talked to Daryl Sharma in years, and this year he hit me up out of the blue to say happy birthday. Okay. So, uh, so, Looking for work? He's in NXT. He's fine. He's we doing just fine. Him? No, he's we doing... Gonna po- we're going to poach him for the Fightful Championship. No, no, no. He's doing all right. He's okay, doing all right. Okay, okay. But I loved that triple threat. Now, first thing I want to say, and I've said this before, Velveteen Dream. God, that guy is a whole other level. He yeah. is a whole other level. There is nobody in, in NXT that can touch him when it comes to charisma, when it comes to creativity, when it comes to just... The he package. Get, he gets it on the package. He gets it on maybe like a, a complete level beyond what anything I've ever seen because the entrances, his NXT oh. takeover entrances, are an event now. Unbelievable. When, he is unbelievable. When the Mounties theme played, it's great. And it was. And you got to remember something. And, and and people might not remember this. So that was Jacques Rougeau's original Mountie yeah. theme, right? And they did it with the Raptors dancers that came out, turned it into Amazing. a Raptor thing, which is fine. People might not know this. The Canad- the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, back in like 1991, whenever Jacques Rougeau was the Mountie, they threatened they threatened legal action yeah. against WWE for having that theme uh, because they, they thought that it looked bad on the Mounties. And yeah. so when WWE brought back Jacques Rougeau and uh, PCO as the, <laughs> as the Quebecers, they had to change the music to We're Not the Mounties. Oh, wow. Yeah, they did. And that's why they did it. And so when I saw Velveteen Dream using Jacques Rougeau's original Mountie music. I thought, oh man. He's going to have heat. Well, I was wondering to myself, did Vince, I wonder if Vince would even be aware of that because Vince would not have allowed that, I don't think. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. That's fantastic. I, the Raptors dancers got over a big. They in the did. Menu. They did. I thought it was cheap heat, but it was, it but is. it was fine. Of course it is. But. Yeah, it was fine. But Velveteen Dream, let me tell you something. It concerns me of what could happen to him if he's called up to the main roster, given that Vince McMahon, with all due respect to him, is really in the shitter creatively these days. I'm concerned what could happen to Velveteen Dream if he gets called up, because that guy is a mega star. As a matter of fact, the 2K20 commercial, he got a feature in that. Yeah, I saw. Right? And he was the only guy from NXT that was even in that. He's a megastar in the making, and uh, he's just he's a whole other level. No one can touch him right now in NXT. Yeah, and and the thing is, I think the FS1 deal might. I think the FS1 deal is going to keep a lot of people in NXT. Right, right. And and that's the type of thing where, and I don't have any insight on this, but Triple H is going to have to go to bat now and say, listen, this is a cable show now, right? And I got to do like I need these guys. And the thing is, if you guys don't need him, don't bring him up. Right. I agree. I mean, look at the Street Profits, right? Look how good Montez Ford is. And again, I don't want to discredit Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, he's, he's really good. But look how good Montez Ford is. And they didn't put him in the ring once no. on, on Raw? Not once? Well, yeah, they're, they're, try, they're trying to have them like narrate the show. It's but so look weird. how good he is. You know what I mean? It's so weird. If you want yeah. to get him over, you put him in the ring on Raw. And that will get him over. You know? David sent a super chat and said, I love the setup between yourself and Jimmy Vandenite. Nice backdrop. It looks very cozy. <laughs> I thought TakeOver was a good show. Uh, Hannah Moore says it wasn't Riddle; it was a local indie guy. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah, it looked just like him. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I'll just say this: Hannah would know. In Hannah, we trust. So, uh, thank you to Hannah. Also, thank you to all of you leaving those thumbs up. That helps us out a lot. <laughs> Leave those thumbs up. Uh, subscribe. Uh, speaking of thumbs, I got a big thumb wrestling match coming up with Melissa on the list, and your boy. You do. Uh, we're gonna do the press conference very soon. I'm training hard. I've heard some rumors that Melissa is not training that hard. I see. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it or anything, but I'm taking it seriously. I'm taking it very seriously. Listen, you boy, every Wednesday. I almost said 3 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern. That's right. I'm adjusting. 
But uh, leave us a thumbs up. If you also want to help out, leave a nice iTunes review that helps people find us. But this triple threat match, I went into it thinking it was going to be the best match on the show. Yes. It was the best match of the show. Yes. I continue to be a genius, Jimmy. Oh, yes. You are you're absolutely brilliant. I'll, I'm going to tell you what I love the most about this match. Uh, most triple threat matches that you see will oftentimes have one guy peel out and then the other two work one-on-one, right? Almost this entire match, all three guys were in the ring at the same I time. I love that. Almost the entire match. You rarely ever see that in triple threats. And so I loved it. I loved that all three guys were in the ring for almost the entire thing. Uh, there were so many... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Creative spots with all three of them. Uh, like they did the the striking thing where they're like, you know, uh, oh God, dream sitting strong. Spot. And then Dunn's in there like with both of them like this. And I love his you know? sloppy, shitty strikes. Yes. They were, it worked so well for him. <laughs> it did. It because did. he... Like he has the bruiser weight, and he's just like by by any means necessary. Yep. Uh, the the chemistry that these three guys will honestly the chemistry these three guys have with anybody is usually very good. But yeah, I, when somebody peels out and it goes one on one, I'm thinking, well, why didn't you just schedule a one on one match? Right. You do these matches because of creativity, and WWE often does multiple multiple person matches. Every match is a multiple person match. Unless yes, but they always, they always the Invisible Man. But they always yeah. get to one on one in WWE. Yeah, and, and they always find a way to do it. Yes. Uh, I also see in your notes dream late to bump off the Tower of Doom spot. That was a bummer for me. He actually, his timing was off a few times yes. in this match. And again, as much as I love Elvatine Dream, we got to remember that he's still pretty new and pretty young. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only been in the company for, what, a couple of years now. He His timing was off a few times. So the bump off the Tower of Doom spot was one of them. There was another one when Pete Dunne did a moonsault uh, uh, onto the floor. And uh, fortunately, Roderick Strong was there and, and was able to catch it because Dream was way out of position yeah. and tried to run last minute in to be part of it. But uh, I noticed that he, his timing was off. But at the same time, that coast-to-coast that he did, Dream is just – I don't want to put him over and look like a, oh, a was... Velveteen Dream mark, but the guy is fucking good. And that, yeah. and that coast-to-coast – let me tell you something. Doing a coast-to-coast into a drop kick is hard enough. Yeah. Doing a coast-to-coast into an elbow drop, guys – Freaking good. So He's here, good. Here's the funny thing. Like when they set up that spot and there was the power bomb triangle thing, they went to the ropes. I was like, man, did they get lost there? Right. What happened? Then when Dream came all the way across the yes, ring, yes. I was like, no, they did not get lost. They they are very much found right now. Yep. And uh Dream found a home for that elbow drop. That was awesome. Yep. It was really good. Another thing I liked was there were moments when one wrestler tried to do uh, moves onto the other two at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it happened when Roderick Strong tried the double Boston Crab. He wasn't able to hold it because you got four feet. And it's and it's exhausting. Yeah, so it's he wasn't exhausting. able to hold, but he tried. Then you had Pete Dunne when he did the finger snap on both of them at the same yeah. time. That stuff was really cool, and the finish was really cool, too. I really liked the finish. Uh, it was dreaming strong. One guy would throw the other out. Poor Pete Dunn took all the offense. Oh, yeah. But they did it back and forth where Strong would hit something, Dream would throw him out. Dream would hit something. Strong would throw him out. Strong would hit something. Uh, I really liked that a lot. And, strong uh, almost landed on his head. On, on the German. German suplex. Yes, he did. That was naughty. Yes, he um, did. I was worried about that. Yep. I, I I just man the way that they all three were almost involved the entire time the entire time that's yes what I like and you just know the creative minds of these three guys yes and the pace of this entire show up to this point was breakneck and it got even crazier with this yes it like, was really so- good and and it, it might be the first triple threat that I can recall where all three guys were in there for like ninety percent of the match yeah uh, this is really good and and I love that main event but this. It might have been a toss-up for me because this was just so good. Yep. 
Uh, but I, I agree with you. The the loss to or loss by undisputed era earlier did kind of eliminate Strong from this equation, so yep. to speak. Yep. Because I just don't see them giving him that championship, or at least pulling it off a dream. Right. This close to FS1, especially. No. Not unless you're doing the Undisputed Era all titles thing. Yeah. That's the that, only that's way. That's the only way. Yeah. So when they don't win it, I'm like, all right. But Pete Dunne, maybe. But also, I wonder, like, how detached would they ever really make him from WWE UK? Right. NXT UK. Right. And, I, you know, I guess we'll see. But yep. I, I feel like he's too important to that, at least for any extended period of time to be gone. Because let's be honest, him on the main roster mm-hmm. outside of 205 Live, that ain't going to go well for him. No, and as a matter of fact, it's funny you say that because I actually have that in my notes for later. Uh, there are certain guys that, for whatever reason, when they make the jump to the main roster, it doesn't work. They don't connect. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the guys that don't get the creative push. Yeah. Like, Bailey was hot before she got there. Shinsuke was hot before he got there. Uh, Ricochet was hot before he got there. Well, he's hot now. He's, he's hot working, now, yeah. but Vincent dropped the ball on him at first. I'm talking about guys like Bo Dallas, guys like Tyler Breeze, guys like Bobby Roode, who were called up, and then for whatever reason, they got opportunity, but their shtick did not work on the main roster. Yeah. Uh, when I look at somebody like a uh, Pete Dunne, when I look at somebody like a Johnny Gargano, as great as he is in the ring, when I look at somebody like a Shayna Baszler, I think that there's something missing in those guys that would affect their ability to get over on the main roster. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but I think there's something that would affect that ability. I would keep those guys in NXT, and just like you said, they're going to FS1. They need yeah. talent to draw a rating. I would keep Gargano and Baszler and, and Dunn in NXT. And Chomp and, already said he wants to stay. Yes. He yeah. said he'll straight up say no if yep. he's called up. Yep. Uh, Austin Theory was shown in a segment, and... Says that he's going to bring the evolved title to WWE or NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. He's he's really good. Yeah, and he's really marketable as well. Tyler Bate was shown as well. Yeah, Tyler Bate uh, was Walter. Yes, he was. I feel like Walter was as well. Yes, he was. Um, man, this women's title match wasn't there for me, and it wasn't there for the crowd either. The no. crowd. The crowd outright booed parts of this match, which does not happen at NXT. I will say this. I will say this. They were put in a tough spot. They were. And because by the tri- design. Sure, because the crowd needs a breather, right? So they were put in a tough spot. For me, the triple threat was the best match on the card, and so it's hard going after that. So I, I was telling Sean off the year, the whole thing on the broadcast when they were building this and promoting this, they kept on promoting it like Mia Yim is this street tough mm-hmm. person, right? Uh, and they were trying to say, you know, she's going to be able to counter the MMA style of yeah. Shayna Baszler because she's the streetwise person. And so the story they told early on is she would escape submissions with fish hooks, yeah, pulling the hair, gouging the eyes, and that was the story that they told. Yeah. Problem is, the live crowd wasn't really hip to that story. And and also, as I told you off the air. That's one of the dumbest goddamn stories ever. That's that's like a Facebook idiot <laughs> idea. The, oh, well, I know you train that MMA and it's real, but <laughs> I know how to gouge your eyes and I know how to poke you up the butt and oh, punch you. Did punch they use that the balls. too? They, I'm sure they do. They use the poke. Oh, up the butt I, there ain't no rules on the street. <laughs> as if as if some Facebook idiot knows something that this fighter just like forgot as soon as they. They hit the hit the mats. That is such a a dumb thing. The thing is, like Mia Yim as a personality is really good. She can have really good matches. Mm-hmm. The the pace slowed to such a crawl. Yes, it did. Like, and I mean, like the interactions did. Like, the, yeah. like the movements were. Even they were selling slower. their arms a lot. It was Shana was selling her right. Mia Yim was selling selling her left. I hated the setup in order to get Shana's right arm injured. Because the ring steps have this big gap like this. Yeah. Because the ring post goes there. Yeah, I don't... So there's a big gap like this. Shayna Baszler's got her arm in a gap, very much like the gap between our chairs. Yeah. She's got her arm in the gap, and she's like, ah! I can't get it ah. out. Now, hold on, Jimmy. Punch, punch the couch. <laughs> yeah. Punch the couch Yeah, quick. yeah. Oh, now I can get it out. Yes. Oh, even though somebody just jammed some shit even further into my arm. Yes. I don't like that spot. I didn't like it either, but I, I did think it was creative that they were both selling the opposite arms. So one of them yeah. the right, one of them the left. Uh, and the finish did fit the story. It certainly Because did, yeah. the finish was that Shayna went for, what was it she went for? Uh, the Kirafuda Clutch. Yeah. And when she went for that, Mia Yim was again going to try, you know, one of the street things to get out. And yeah. so she changed it to a uh, leg triangle. 
Yeah. Uh, and you, that told that fit the story of what they were trying to tell. You could tell that they got lost in a little spot and they kind of locked up. But then, boy, they they recovered pretty well from that suicide die, the tornado DDT. Yes. I thought that was a really good recovery, and that speaks to how fundamentally sound Shayna Baszler is and right. how, like, beyond fundamental. I mean, not to say that Shayna Baszler isn't beyond fundamentally sound, but she was able to take all that offense no problem. When Mia Yim was like, got to get him back. Code blew off the ropes. The co- the that, cra- was, that was one of the most breathtaking spots I've ever seen in my life. And the crowd came up for it. Yes. They did. That was... I. I I had never seen that before. Nigel McGinnis called it the code red. Yeah. And then he paused, and he's like, uh, uh, the cold blue, cold blue. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if it's off the top rope, I guess she can call it whatever the hell she wants. I guess. But I, guess. I had never seen that before, and you know, there were a lot of great spots on this show. That one might have been my favorite spot that I saw. That was unbelievable. Uh, Baszler winning. Does Who takes it off of her? I don't even think they have an idea no. right now. No, I don't think they do. And that's not a bad thing, necessarily. But No. And, and if this match were on its own on NXT TV, I'm probably like, yeah, pretty good match. Yeah. But this one... Yeah, it was to- it was slow again. They tried to tell a story. The The psychology was selling the arms was fine, yeah. but it, it was a slow match. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat, by the way. Reminder, we'll read your question on the air. Read your statement on the air if you send one. He says, those chairs look so damn comfortable. I got complaints, Jimmy. They're kind of warm. Uh, they're pretty nice. They, they are nice. They're, they're not bad. They're not they're bad. They're very nice. Um... Uh, the talent liked them. The talent, the talent liked them. They showed a lot of knee, though. Me and RJ City were like, man, they showed too much knee. I mean, I guess we just got to get Brady to just up the camera a little bit, you know? Yeah. Easy fix, easy fix. NXT Championship match, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano. So uh, we'll talk about the stipulation of the, the third fall as we get there. Yep. But uh, I, I noticed that you mentioned Young Bucks, Pentagon, and Phoenix. A little and bit. I agree with that statement, but yeah. go ahead and like kind of... So I, I posted this on Twitter, and some people disagreed with me, and that's fine because this is all subjective anyway. I did not anticipate Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Uh, and maybe I'm not alone in that, but I did not anticipate it. The reason I didn't anticipate it is because we've seen it now more than once. This wasn't even their first two out of three falls match. And so uh, very much like the Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix, I felt like, okay, we know we're going to get excitement. We know we're going to get action. But we've seen it before. Uh, and so I just didn't really anticipate it that much for that reason. I think they tried, like they tried to tell a really good story. The first fall was on television. They called it a classic wrestling match, yeah. uh, and the story was that Cole chose it because he wanted to prove he was better in the ring than Gargano. Do you remember when <laughs> Kai and Ty challenged the APA to a technical wrestling match? I really don't. With no strikes allowed, that lasted like all of a minute and a half. No, I don't the remember. APA punched them. In the oh, face. really? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> But anyway, that was, and then the second fall, uh, Gargano picked a street fight because he said he didn't like what Cole represented as champion. He just wanted to beat him up. Yeah, and the thing is, Gargano went at Cole with the chair, and the thing is, Cole's the baby face there. Cole is massively Not only over. that, but why would you sacrifice a fall? That I didn't understand. Like, I didn't know if they mentioned that on commentary or, like, what story they were telling there. Because live, I mean, as much as everybody wanted to like it, it was kind of like, Bro, why'd you just do that? Like, what, maybe it gave you the advantage for the second fall, but really, it took a while after that. Yes. Usually when somebody's sacrificing a fall like that, it's because they are so sure that they're going to secure the next two falls. Which is kind of what they suggested. Okay. Uh, they kind of suggested that, okay, now he's in control and he's just going to, you know, lay him out kind of thing. But watching it, he just looked like an idiot. Especially the referee was right there saying, don't do it. I'm going to disqualify yeah. you. And, and uh, they were well-miked. So you could hear the referee, right? Yeah. And the referee was saying, don't do it. I'm going to disqualify you. And then he did it anyway. He looked like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really care for that too much. I see that you, you, uh, you have in your notes the story about Gargano being the fat kid who wasn't supposed to be a wrestling Because champion. they told that story. Yeah. What would you think of that? Uh, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people can relate to it. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, typically the ones that people get behind, the stars that people get behind, are the ones that they strive to be. Yeah, typically, people would look at Hulk Hogan as this larger than life guy. They looked at The Rock as this larger than life guy. Granted, sure. they got they got behind Steve Austin because people wanted to beat up their boss. You know, don't get any any, any ideas, but that's why they got behind Stone Cold. But I don't know if Gargano, if that story is going to help get him, yeah, to the next level. 
but it's a story that they told. His in-ring gets him over. That, that's the thing. He is, it does. You're right. He is such an amazing in-ring storyteller that a lot of the other stuff, it doesn't matter as much. And that, right. that is a very unique thing to, to be able to do. And to be able to do it this deep into a feud with this guy right. when so much of, of, quite frankly, wrestling media, wrestling fans, wrestling pundits are like, give me something new. Give me something new. Give me right. something new. The fact that he's able to do that is really telling. Uh, you mentioned the 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 second fall, the street fight. Mm-hmm. Cole had been working like basically as a babyface. This crowd was behind him big time. They're, yes, they're always behind him big time for the entrance. Yes. But then you get the Johnny wrestling Adam Cole chance, and then <laughs> there was this drunk guy in the crowd who, after that, tried to start a chant of "I am actually a large fan of both of you," <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that was very good. But there was a couple things on commentary that I want to mention. Okay. Uh, so when they started the second fall and they're brawling uh, around uh, ringside, Moro Ronaldo said, uh, "This match could go anywhere," and he started naming off towns in uh, in, in Ontario. And I saw sounds like you reading off an impact plan. Like an Impact Wrestling almost, touring brand plan. Almost, yeah. They, he, he was like, they might battle into Scarborough, Kitchener. And then he looked at Beth yeah. Phoenix, and he goes, Beth, they might battle into Orangeville, because that's Edge's hometown. Oh, okay. Most people aren't going to get that, but that's <laughs> that's what it was. And then Moro was clearly told on his headset, uh, pinfall or submission has to happen in the ring. Oh. Because he spent so much time saying, they could end up anywhere. And yeah. so Moro goes, uh, I'm being told, pinfall or submission has to happen in the ring. Yeah. And so he made that clear. I got to say, seeing – so I couldn't hear him live, but I could see him live. Mm-hmm. And, like – He's really all, into it. He's all up in the, Nigel's grill. He's, like, they're sitting there watching. He's like, Nigel, can you believe this? <laughs> yes. Ah! Yes. Have it's, you seen his Showtime documentary? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. He's an interesting – Rock and Roll, uh, I think it is. Yeah. yeah uh, the, the bipolar Rock and bipolar, Roll. Bipolar, yeah. yeah. He's an interesting bird. More of an owl. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. Man, you know, I, I – Spoken to him personally several times, and, yep. and he is. But man, he's 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 got that big match voice. Man, he's got he that excitement. He always cares. Yes, I and agree that, with that. That's what matters to me is that he always cares. Yes, and he always seems like he's calling something important. Right, and a lot of people won't like his style, but uh, I do. You know, the pop culture references. I'm not big on that for anybody. The main thing I don't care about with with uh, Moro Ronaldo, and this goes back to his MMA days, is he'll use these. He'll come up with these sayings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I wrote one in here. I don't know if I can find it this quick. Uh, when uh, I think it was uh, the triple threat when they were doing all the punches and slaps. Yeah. He said something like, it's become a buffet of battering brutality or something. Yeah, the all the like he always has to, He always has to throw stuff like that out there. That gets a little annoying. I want to say one thing about the second fall. I love the finish of the second fall. I loved it. It's when uh, Gargano set up a chair in the turnbuckle. Oh, my God. God. Picked up Cole like a javelin, Sean, like a javelin, and basically ran across and threw him into that chair, and that I thought looked amazing. That well, was an awesome spot. There were some nasty chair spots. Yes, in this. a lot. So yeah. third fall. What was the the fall called? What was it called? I'm not sure. All they said was that it was a, a, a cage. Uh, and then they showed pictures of the weapons and the barbed wire. I don't think they actually gave it a name, yeah. except it was a steel cage. In my notes, I called it Thunderdome. Yeah. Uh, do you know the reference? Yeah, sure. Okay, I called it Thunderdome because if anybody hasn't seen the movie, it's a, an old Mel Gibson movie where he has to have a fight inside of a cage that is, had is weapons hanging all over it. the one where he leaves it. crazy voicemails on his wife's answering machine talking about how he hates her fake tits? Uh, have, you ever, have you ever heard? No. His, his... I, don't, I don't even know the reference. <laughs> he, left, <laughs> he left these... Horrible voicemails of like an ex girlfriend or wife. Real life? Machine. Yeah. Really? And he's like, Your tits are big and fake and stupid, and I don't like them. Really? Oh, yeah. And like screamed some really <laughs> bad racist shit at her. I've never heard that. Oh, my never God. Heard that. Worth a listen. That sounds like it. Morbid curiosity. So I had told you, and uh, we didn't know. We didn't know the third fall line. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, Amanda Amanda K. Fabulous on Twitter sent me a picture during the show. She was a little bit closer to the floor. She could see. Yep. You could see the cage. Yep. You could see weapons. So I put it out there. I'm like, hey, guys, cage on the floor. And I get all these messages. That's on the pre-show. Yeah, they talked about and it. I'm yeah. like, well, why the hell didn't they tell us? Yeah. Well, they wanted the crowd melted down. Yes. Yes. Because it was hidden by a cloth. Yep. This was a 
brilliant move by whoever decided it. Right. Whoever decided to do this right. was a genius because as that thing emerges, and I got a video of it, hopefully it doesn't get copyright claimed when I posted it. You just see it emerge, and then you see weapons. Right. And then you see more weapons, and right. then you see barbed wire. Right. And then it hits, and the ring announcer says, there is no escaping the cage. Right. Whoever planned that out moment by moment is just nothing short of brilliant. That was a great live crowd reaction right. that had to have been consciously done. Let's not tell this live crowd. Yep. Some will know, but most don't. Quite frankly, internet in the Scotia Bank is trash. Yeah, seems, that seems to be a Toronto me. problem, Jimmy. That's fine here. Seems to be a Toronto problem. Not a problem here. I can't put over that reveal enough. That was yeah. awesome. I thought so watching it on television for me and again this is subjective. For me, the crowd made the third fall for me. Yeah. Because like you said they popped when the cage came down. They were chanting ECW. They were chanting fight forever at one point. Uh when uh I thought they were chanting fight forever. Yeah. Yeah, fight they forever. Doing, they saw me, and they were, like, all pointing at me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks, guys, but watch the match, please. Well, I'm at, humble. At, at one point, Cole hit uh, Pan, uh, Panama Sunrise twice, right? And after yeah. the second one, they were chanting, yowie wowie, <laughs> which I thought was pretty awesome. Well, that one off the top rope. Yes. Yes. Yep. That that and the code red off the top, I was like, my God. Yeah. Now, the only thing for me about the third fall, and again, it's subjective, what I didn't like about it was it was basically, let's set up a spot, let's do the spot near fall, then let's set up the next one near fall, set up the next one near fall, set up the next one near yeah. fall. And that, that wears on me when that formula happens, that wears on me. But that being said, you talk about the balls it took for those two guys to stand on that table. Mm-hmm. And and jump sideways. They did not take a regular back bump. Oh yeah, they jumped sideways like this. Cole cut his back all up oh, man. from going through the table. They jumped sideways. I don't even know what that would be. Fifteen feet, probably. It was, oh, it was way. Up. And here's the thing: you got to factor in their height on top of that. So we're talking about probably ten, uh, probably thirteen, fourteen feet in the air, and you got two about five nine yeah, five, five ten, ten fellas falling sideways. Falling sideways. That's balls. That, that is and, balls uh, for sure. Like I loved. Uh, here's the thing: when you're that deep into a match, keep in mind they were how many, how long had they been wrestling? Yeah, that's why I didn't have a problem with the pinfall. And honestly, as a guy who used to do some stuff in the ring, I look at that and I'm like, that looks like just fun. Like you could just set up cool stuff to do. Right. And with those two wrestling minds and whoever else is working with them in Triple H, I'm like, my God, that's like that's like a kid going to Chuck E. Cheese for them. They're like, look at all this cool stuff we can do. Right. And uh, uh, the crowd. Did you notice that the crowd booed when uh, when they emptied the bag, thinking it was thumbtacks? Yes. So about that, yeah. there were some real obnoxious people behind me. Thumbtacks! 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 So when they emptied it, and there was everything but, I maniacally laughed uh, in their faces. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Brass knuckles that I wish they would have shoved yep. up these people's asses. Yeah, bolt cutters. It was, I wish those would have went up the asses, too. Yeah. But that was to chop down the, the barbed wire. That was real yep. good. But that spot to end this match yeah. was amazing. There Balls. Were, there were a lot of courage. Three spots on this show that code red off the top, the pile, the the Canadian destroyer off the top, and then that I was like, I didn't. If you would have told me I would see those spots ever, right. uh, maybe the code red, I'd say, yeah, sure. But a lot of people don't want to take a back bump with that type of momentum. Right. Uh, not a lot of people want to take a head drop off the top rope, and yep. not a lot. Those are all three real awkward bumps to take. Yep. Like Ric Flair. I, you know, I think that's a great life lesson for a lot of people that are coming up in wrestling. Uh, somebody would be like, Ric Flair, well, what move don't you want to take? And he's like, you tell me what bump to take, I can take anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's all that matters. He's like, if I'm not comfortable with the bump I'm taking, mm-hmm. then I won't take it. And you know that he always landed on the left side of his back. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah because, of the, because of the wreck. But yeah. He would say, face bump, flip bump, back bump, what is it? Mm-hmm. That's the one I'm taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of these were like either of the, like only the code red was a back bump. And that one was a tough one. Uh, that was amazing. I love this match. I also love Joseph Farley. He said, all this third fall needed was bundles and bundles of light tubes. I don't like light tubes. I hate light yeah, tubes. Yeah, I don't think WWE would allow that. They they shouldn't because yeah. I think those are too – I mean, I, I say too easily accessible, but a lot of this shit is way too easy. Yeah, but I, I think WWE considers that like deathmatch stuff. So yeah. I, I don't think they were going to do that. 
I mean, even the bolt, even the uh, barbed wire, they tease it, but never actually used it. Right? They, they did uh, cross the face. Did they cross, go? Did he with the uh, Gargano escape? Yeah, he used the, he used it across the face there. Really? Yeah. I thought that I thought that that's what led to the fall off the table because he was trying, but Cole was kind of blocking, and now, then they fell off. Now, granted, that that top spot that was hard for me to see. Yeah. We were, a lot of this was tough for me to see. Right. But we did have the benefit of the the jumbotron up at the top. So right. that, that was right. that was pretty nice. I mean, you know what? The main event had everything. It had the classic wrestling. It had the brawling. It had the weapons. Again, the third fall for me, as creative as a lot of the spots were, the third fall for me uh, wasn't the greatest, again, just because of setting up a spot, kick out, setting up a spot, kick out. The other thing I didn't like about the third fall was they would do a major move, one guy on the other, and then within a minute, the guy that just took that move is back on the offense. Yeah, that, that, so, that I can buy. For yeah. me, that soured me a little bit, but I can understand if somebody loved it. I can understand it. Yeah, I tell you yeah. what, I love this show. Live, it was it was outstanding. Yeah, it was good, it was I'm good. glad you kind of talked me into going to it, honestly. Oh, well, you did. I really had to twist your arm on that one. I, I, I don't like going to live shows. I don't. Uh, I, I, I think that our podcast viewers talked you into going because they wanted the double yeah, perspective. Yeah, kind of. And hey, I got to meet some great people. Yeah. I got to meet Dan, who did uh, the Thrifty song, the Thrifty remix song that's on our mixtape. Oh, is that right? That was awesome. I again met... K Fabulous on Twitter, met Jimmy Corderas. But yeah, I, I don't take in a lot of live shows. Obviously, I'll be doing that more as I travel more from yep. the site, which yep. looks, based on this week, looks like it's going to be happening a lot more. But uh, yeah, I, I like the live perspective versus the broadcast perspective. This is pretty cool. Are you ready to uh, go to the Scotia Bank Arena for 10 hours tomorrow? Shh. Let me tell you what. I dropped on accident. $50 Canadian on food tonight. Really? One sitting. All it was was chicken tenders, fries, and some M&M's. You're really lucky water. I gave you a per diem. Yeah, which was roughly that, I think. <laughs> but I... I th- that was at the like, arena? That was is at there the arena? like some Illuminati rule that all arena food has to suck ass? Well, not just suck ass. Very expensive. Like I very, know, I know you're not an alcoholic, uh, yeah. you know, beverage consumer. But at the arena, a pint of beer is like twelve bucks. Oh well, then the person sitting next to us took out a second mortgage on his home. Oh, did he? <laughs> like, yeah, he's gonna be hitting up Greg for some advice soon. I'll tell you that much. But uh, guys, thank you all so much for joining us. If you are gonna be at SummerSlam, I'm gonna try to get out there a little bit earlier. I'm gonna try to be around that area a little bit. But earlier. you're coming to my house for barbecue tomorrow. I am coming to your house for barbecue. He's gonna tomorrow. come to my house for lunch. I'm gonna barbecue. But but yeah, uh, hoping to meet some of you guys, say hi and all that stuff. Jimmy, any final thoughts on the show? No, it was very interesting watching it by myself at the office tonight. Yeah, that was that was a first for me. But uh, I, I enjoyed most of it. Like you said, uh, the uh, the women's title match. I understood the story that they were trying to tell, but it was a yeah. slow match. Uh, the main event had a little bit of everything. Uh, like I said, the psychology of the third fall was a little lost on me, mm-hmm. but that triple threat was amazing. Velveteen Dream, that guy is a rock star. He is a rock star, that guy. And uh, so overall, it was a great show. Yeah, also, we want to thank Brady, our producer, for coming in. Brady, late can on- you... This- he came in uh, just to do this tonight. He's going to come in tomorrow night to uh, to produce the podcast. I promised him that he gets a day off in lieu of doing this Hell stuff. yeah. No problem, yeah. guys. Yeah. So, amazing. We, Thank you, sir. And you can Uber home. I told him you can Uber home, too. We greatly appreciate that. Hey, I was telling Jimmy because I was able to get here before Brady, and I was not expecting that. Like, right. That was a miracle. As soon as that bell rang, we darted. We ran to a taxi like... And you know what? It's actually my fault because I told Brady first be here at 1045. Well, I mean, yeah, tomorrow, who knows what. Tomorrow, I'm thinking 1130. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking 1130. And that's that's the the thing. Like, WWE has the benefit of their own network. They they aren't. They aren't getting us out of there for listening, your boy. And uh, also, I missed. I had to miss the. Triple H presser after this, which we do have full coverage of. We'll have audio of up on the site. But if you are not subscribed to this channel, you better do it. I have gotten almost two dozen new interviews. Some of them short form, some of them long form, some of them in studio. Mention the names. Um, some of them are really good. Matt Hardy, Becky Lynch, Kofi Kingston, Jordan Grace. RJ City is maybe the best interview I have ever done. That man is entertaining. He explains why no wrestling company should hire him, <laughs> even though he is a guy that a lot of people are going to want to hire. Uh, Big E, uh, Braun Strowman, all kinds of people. Braun like. Strowman and Braun Strowman's Crocs. Yeah, and again, I want to put over WWE. 
Uh, got invited to a couple media junkets this week. Really appreciate that. Uh, let them know that you like the content we're putting out. Maybe that will happen a little bit more. But leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. Send some super chats and comment, my friends. But FightfulSelect.com. You want early access to all those interviews? They'll be going up well before the public sees them. Tier 2 Fightful Select. Until next time. We're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.